what does embryology actually mean so the study of the development of this embryo right from you know the a single cell to the stage of blastocyst comes under embryology um let's talk about the fertility treatments and the skill set required for these treatments so typically an embryologist will start by doing iui samples then they will move on to ivf then they will move on to advanced techniques like icsi how has the training in embryology evolved over the years uh, earlier uh, it used to be in uh, you know uh, countries like uk uh, australia where you know they used to have msc in clinical embryology but uh, since you know uh, 10 to 12 years uh, even in india uh, this clinical embryology courses have come up uh, they are uh, i would say as good as the courses which are offered uh, in other countries Hello and welcome to Fertility Tales powered by Nova IVF. I'm your host Simrat and today we are diving into the fascinating world of embryology with a very special guest, Anuja Kamath, head of Nova Academy of Clinical Embryology Training, also known as NASET. With over 2 decades of experience in assisted reproductive technology, and a rich background in physiology and biotech anuja is a true pioneer in her field so let's embark on this enlightening journey together especially for those of you stepping into your fertility journey anuja it's a pleasure to have you with us thank you first thing first what does embryology actually mean i believe it's a term which is widely used but not understood can you tell us a little bit about what embryology really is so uh, if i have to tell you in layman's term embryology is the science of embryos mm -hmm. study of development of embryo now what is an embryo embryo is a one cell structure which is formed when a egg from the wife is fertilized with a sperm from the man so this is the beginning of the formation of the baby so this develops further so the embryo gradually develops further and forms a stage which is called as blastocyst mm -hmm. which then implants into the womb of the woman so the study of the development of this embryo right from you know the a single cell mm -hmm. to the stage of blastocyst comes under embryology oh, so you can say it's a part of medical sciences or reproductive science all right and what is the role of a clinical embryologist okay now embryology uh, is not specific to only humans okay any animal who reproduces will form an embryo so study of an embryo is embryology but what is clinical embryology so the study of uh, development of human embryo mm -hmm. is called as clinical embryology so uh, a clinical embryologist is a equivalent part of any fertility clinic all right so a fertility clinic will usually have two components one will be the doctor clinical doctor right and the second will be a clinical embryologist who will work in the embryology laboratory that leads me to another question why is clinical embryology such a niche subject i'm sure our listeners who are exploring their fertility options would like to know why is it so specialized so let me tell you uh, clinical embryology is similar to any doctor doing a super speciality okay okay so uh, this is a super specialized course uh, even if you have done post graduate in any kind of life sciences 
you have to do a post graduation in clinical embryology now why that is so because uh, an embryologist a clinical embryologist will be dealing with precious material of the patients right so it will be the eggs from the woman mm. and sperms from the um, husband right, right. Uh, and there is some problem with the fertilization which is cause, causing infertility to the couple so we know that there is some problem uh, which is uh, 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 i mean which is not allowing fertilization to occur and an embryologist has to overcome this using his or her technique and so yes yeah. so apart from the theory knowledge so definitely an embryologist should know what happens during each stage of the development of the embryo right why the embryo is behaving in this particular way why it is not behaving in you know a defined way mm -hmm. apart from that technical skill set is very important an embryologist has to be sound very technically so that he can do justice to the precious material which has been handed over to him or her and that's why it is a niche subject sounds like a very fascinating field yes it is anuja i've always been very curious what is an embryologist actually do in an ivf lab i've heard them being affectionately called as babysitters but could you shed some light on a what happens in a ivf lab uh, so just like a nanny takes care of the baby mm -hmm. an embryologist takes care of the embryo so when the embryologist is handed over the eggs and the sperms of the couple mm -hmm. the embryologist will you know uh, fertilize the egg with the sperm now this usually happens in the body of the female right but due to reasons uh, which make them infertile this fertilization cannot happen in the body of the women and that's why an embryologist does it outside the body in the embryology laboratory okay so after this fertilization see in the body of the female the womb takes care of the embryo correct but now in the laboratory uh, there is no womb so the embryologist or the fertility clinic tries to mimic the environment which is present in the womb of the mother okay so how do we mimic this environment yeah, yeah. so uh, we have equipments yeah. you know uh, like incubators Uh, which hold this embryo and nurture this embryos during the whole time that is it is in the laboratory okay apart from this the environment in the laboratory also plays a major role of course yes so what an embryologist does is right after the fertilization till the embryo grows to day 5 okay a human can only uh, grow an embryo outside the body till day 5 or day 6 okay. so during this period of 5 to 6 days the embryo is outside the body and the embryologist will take care of all the conditions around the embryo it can be the air in which the incubator is mm -hmm. it can be the culture media which provides you know nourishment yeah. to this embryo okay so uh, he or she will be monitoring the growth of the embryo on day to day basis so basically he is taking he or she is taking care of the embryo just like a nanny takes care of the baby and that's why an embryologist is called as a babysitter sounds like a very tough day to day daily activity yes so 
what do you do in an IVF lab? Uh, so a typical day uh, in a laboratory for an embryologist, uh, it starts early in the morning, even before any procedure starts. Okay. So uh, we usually start the day with quality checks. Now QC plays a very important role in the maintenance of the laboratory. Okay. Because we have lot of equipments like incubator, you know, like the micro manipulator, the ICSI machine. And we have to ensure that all the equipments are functioning properly. Okay, we cannot afford not to check the uh, equipments on daily basis. You're handling suspicious. Yeah, yeah. Right. only if the equipments are functioning properly, the embryo can grow. Okay. So a typical day begins with doing quality checks. So an embryologist will check the temperature of the incubator, the temperature of all the other surfaces which are, you know, warmed to 37 degrees. Now, why the surfaces are warmed to 37 degrees? Because a human body temperature, the resting temperature of human body is 37. So, the eggs and the sperms are also at 37. Yeah, this comes and back that's to why, mimicking the body. Yes, yeah. that's why when it comes outside the body, we have to provide the temperature which is required for the growth of the embryo. So, all our surfaces where we handle the eggs and the sperms, they are usually maintained at 37 degrees. So, an embryologist first will check all the surfaces, whether they are, you know, uh, showing the right temperature, whether they are maintained at proper temperature. Then uh, they will check the air quality of the laboratory. Okay. Now, air quality, you will ask me why it is so important. Uh, for us, you know, for uh, uh, human beings, uh, this dust particles or, you know, uh, something which is called as VOC, organic volatile compounds. Uh, they don't affect us. We are not aware of that. Hmm. But what we are dealing in the embryology laboratory is at cellular level. Okay, it is a single cell, uh, the egg and a single cell sperm. So this, you know, disturbances in the air, uh, high dust particles or high organic compounds, they have uh, you know, deteriorating effect on the uh, uh, oocytes, the eggs and the sperms. Mm -hmm. And that's why uh, the embryologist makes sure that the atmosphere inside the laboratory is also, you know, free from pollutants. Okay. Now, organic compounds, you will be surprised to know uh, what are the sources of organic compounds. Okay. It is as simple as, you know, a perfume or a body lotion. Okay. So, none of the so, embryologists couldn't... So, embryologists should not or they are prohibited from wearing simple things like, you know, your cold cream or body lotion. So, this might not affect us. But, you know, this gives this organic compounds mm. and this will have an effect on the embryo. So, an embryologist will never wear, you know, any kind of cosmetics inside the laboratory. So, after that, you know, uh, after the QC check, so usually uh, there will be a procedure where the eggs will be taken out from the wife. Okay, this is done by the doctor. So the doctor will take out the eggs, it is called as an ovum pickup and the eggs will be handed over to the embryologist. So, uh, simultaneously, uh, the sperm from the husband is also, you know, processed. Mm -hmm. uh, by processing, I mean, uh, we select good quality sperms from the sample. Only the best. Yes. And then, uh, later in the day, this egg is fertilized with the sperm. Okay. And then, 
it is put in the incubator from that point onwards every 18 to 24 hours uh, the embryologist will check upon the embryo how it is growing or whether any you know abnormal fertilization uh, or whether it is not growing so the embryologist will keep a check on this embryo through five days so in between the embryologist i mean on day two or day three you know uh, uh, the embryo would be growing in culture media and they would be using up all the uh, you know nourishment which is there in the culture media right. so you have to replenish it right so on second day or third day of the cycle the embryologist will give a fresh environment what i mean by this is they will change the embryo from one dish to a fresh dish containing fresh culture media so you are giving fresh nourishment to the embryo so that they can grow ahead and thrive yes sounds like you're playing god in the lab uh, no it's like you know god guides we only do what he guides us to do but it sounds like so much of skill precision and a bit of magic of what you actually do in an embryology lab um handling the embryos with such utmost care i'm sure handling all those doing all those qcs and um keeping all those medias in check must be very tough also yes yes it is and that's why i said uh skill is you know very important uh and uh, the embryologist uh, i mean he should be dedicated to work he or she okay uh because uh, this the whole uh, thing the uh, fertility cycle mm. it all depends on the menstrual cycle of the wife you cannot you know time it yeah of course correct so you have to, the uh, embryologist should be dedicated enough to come when he or she is required to do the work in the embryology laboratory skill precision and magic yes anuja there are so many fertility treatments out there um let's talk about the fertility treatments and the skill set required for these treatments um will an embryologist have the same skill set to perform an iui or ivf or an icsi i believe it's a blend of scientific knowledge and some other things could you shed some light on the skill set required so basically iui is the you know most basic fertility treatment that can be offered to a couple uh the skill that is required uh, from an embryologist to do an iui is to process a sample so this is a technical skill okay so uh, there is a set uh, a technique which is required to you know separate out the best sperms from the sample and then uh, these sperms are then used for iui intrauterine yes yes insemination okay yes so uh, the next treatment uh, you know higher up uh, from iui is an ivf so ivf uh, is uh, requires ivf requires a little more of precision of course and uh, a little more uh, techniques technical skill set uh, because you will be handling the eggs the embryologist handles the eggs which are out of the body of the woman okay so when uh, handling of egg comes uh it is you know you have to be very precise because it is a very sensitive cell compared to the sperm mm. the egg is very sensitive and to do an ivf procedure there are certain skill sets required which can uh, you know which an embryologist can only gather after you know some experience okay so an embryologist usually starts by doing uh, you know semen processing for iui then uh, they move on to do ivf okay 
so in ivf uh, uh, what they do is they will co culture co culture in the sense they will put the egg and the sperm together in a culture dish and allow fertilization to occur naturally okay. so the skill set here re required here is you know putting the two cells together by taking utmost sterile care okay right. so that is the skill set required mm -hmm. moving on to icsi which is the you know next technique higher up this requires a lot of precision now why i am saying this because here we have to as an embryologist we have to put one sperm inside one egg hmm. so fertilization is not happening naturally an embryologist has to introduce one sperm into one oocyte so the skill required here is to be able to select the best possible single sperm okay. from the semen sample and injecting it into the oocyte is again you know a highly demanded a de a demanding skill because if the injection is not done in a correct way you are at a risk of degenerating the egg that means the the egg will not survive this injection okay. and you will be losing the precious material of the couple so a well defined skill set is required which can be acquired you know uh, through years of practice experience and yes, training yes yes right. so typically an embryologist will start by doing iui samples okay. then they will move on to ivf mm -hmm. then they will move on to advanced techniques like icsi so this can take anywhere from you know 8 months to probably 14 15 months also okay it depends on how quickly the embryologist can acquire the skill so let's talk about nasset um nova academy of clinical embryology training where you are the head yes um, how does the program work i mean do we give enough training to the people who can actually perform with all these set skill sets so uh, nasset uh, we started this uh, a couple of years back with the intention of imparting much needed practical skills to the budding embryologists of course okay okay so uh, after finishing this clinical embryology course uh, in the colleges uh, where they take up the course uh, for a period of 2 years uh, they would be taught all kind of theory and practicals also would be taught to them but that is not enough to handle Uh, human uh, eggs and sperms okay okay uh, so at nasset the aim is to give them practical training mm -hmm. so that when they are ready to handle the human uh, eggs and uh, sperms they are confident about themselves and they can do justice to the material that has been given to them understandable of course so we try to bridge the gap between the theory knowledge and the practical skill set at nasset nova academy of clinical embryology and training sounds like a revolutionary step in this field could you tell me for students who are interested in this what does a trainee actually do in this course and how do they specialize in it so we at uh, nova academy for clinical embryology training that is nasset we offer uh, two kind of uh, you know trainings okay. uh, for uh, uh, people who aspire to become uh, embryologist uh, 
the first part is for uh, embryologist who have finished their post graduation in clinical embryology okay so they would have finished their 2 years msc in clinical embryology in a college or a university and then they are ready for the field uh, now as i mentioned earlier uh they would have a lot of exposure to theory knowledge uh and practical uh, exposure will be very limited so for these trainees uh we what we do at nasit is uh we give them ample hands on training so we concentrate on uh, uh hands on training for all the uh students who have finished clinical embryology so by hands on training i mean right from the basic uh how to hold the pipettes you know how to keep the dishes handling. so uh, okay. yeah sterile environment or sterile handling what we call as aseptic technique okay is very important in embryology taking them back to the basics right that's yes. the fundamental yes also. so they they have learned all this you know theoretically but when they do it practically subconsciously what happens is they tend you know the pipette is in the hand and they do some procedure so they tend to touch the pipette to surfaces so what we guide there is you know guide at nasit is how to handle the pipette so that is very basic but you know there is no one to tell them that so what we do we start from the basic we'll tell them you know to keep the pipettes in the pipette stand how to hold them you know when you are processing the semen sample how to mix the semen sample so there are lot of you know technical uh, uh, what you say knowledge knowledge important. so uh, when you are mixing a semen sample there should not uh, there should be no bubbles formed okay so we tell them how to avoid formation of bubbles okay so this from this basic to you know uh, you know handling the egg for uh, advanced technique like icsi so right from the basic to the advanced technique practical knowledge is uh, you know given to this trainees and this is for people who've already done that yes. basic course yes. and what about people who just want to start their career correct so uh, people who have done post graduate graduation in any kind of life sciences okay, okay not clinical embryology now as per the art law uh, after the law only uh, people who have done clinical embryology mm-hmm. with 3 years on site experience can become a clinical embryologist course, okay. for people who do any other post graduation in any other life sciences they are required to do on the job training for at least 4 years mm-hmm. only after that they can qualify as an embryologist mm-hmm. so for these set of people uh we also you know teach them theory theory about what embryology is okay Be- uh, they have to understand what they are dealing with mm. they have to understand how important you know all the things related to embryology is okay how important maintaining the temperature how important you know uh, uh, checking the embryo at right time all these things they have to understand what happens physiologically only if they understand what is happening physiologically can they apply their mind to the technical part and that is what we do for these students we teach them theory which is involved in human clinical embryology along with that we also train them practically okay, okay so that uh, you know they can so they they have to work for 4 years 
in an embryology lab under a senior embryologist only after 4 years uh, working for 4 years they can independently work as an embryologist okay and what is the duration like for both these batches okay so for clinical embryology students this is 6 months more of practical mm. okay theory uh, whatever they have learned they have to apply that here in nasit uh, to the practical uh, things for the other students life sciences students it is a one year course in which theory and practical both will be given importance so after they've completed their course what is the scope for an embryologist what all career paths can they expect uh, so an embryologist uh, after you know they finish their two years of uh, clinical embryology uh, they can join a clinic as a trainee embryologist Uh, after a certain uh, now for nova at nasit okay uh, we uh, give them a designation as trainee embryologist so this is for 6 months after that they are placed in a in a laboratory where they work under supervision and the designation will be same as trainee embryologist mm-hmm. now at nova uh, we have a validation process mm-hmm. now what i mean by validation is now embryology uh, the whole procedure it has multiple steps okay multiple steps like you know ovum pick up uh, then you do denudation you do icsi so for each of this step the embryologist has to get validated each and every step individually okay uh, so validation criteria is a certain number of procedures under the supervision satisfactorily and then only you can graduate yes so so once uh, this multiple steps are validated the embryologist moves on to become a associate embryologist okay. now as per the art guideline uh, till an embryologist has completed 3 years working they cannot be given a designation of clinical embryologist okay. so from associate embryologist they then become clinical embryologist after the time period the defined time period from clinical embryologist then there is you know you can become a lab manager depending on your experience mm-hmm. from lab manager you can become a cluster head so you will be looking after overseeing you know a few centers some four five centers in a region from there you can become a regional head taking care of a region mm-hmm. okay so uh, uh, like our nova the company like nova we have uh, centers all across india mm-hmm. so a regional head will take care of a certain region for example a west region or east region a south or north after that you can become the head of embryology so there is a defined you know career path apart from this you know academically also an embryologist while he or she is working can extract data research data can publish papers can pursue phd so it will be a academic growth also for an embryologist very lucrative and fulfilling yes, professional as well as academic how has the training in embryology evolved over the years uh, it's interesting to see how the advancements in technology and science shape our education could you shed some light so this has evolved by leaps and bounds okay so uh, as all of us know the first test tube baby was born in 1978 yeah so now we are uh, four decades into uh, the field of uh, ivf Uh, and as all the other field grow even the field of uh, ivf has grown uh, speaking about embryology 
till you know two or three decades back uh, there was no structured course uh, which you know imparted the uh, training of clinical embryology mm. uh, so uh, you know people of my era uh, we all have learned from somebody else so uh, during our times that was in early 2000s uh, people embryologist uh, used to come from abroad uh, like you know uk singapore uh because of two facts uh, first was uh, infertility issue was not openly discussed also there were not many fertility clinics uh, which offered treatment to infertile couples so there was lack of you know manpower and lack of knowledge okay so there were only a handful people uh, who in new embryology and uh, these people uh, always uh, you know travel to all the centers Uh, and uh, a junior embryologist would learn from them okay but uh, uh, over the last decade uh, this has developed this has evolved so now we have you know structured courses uh, which teach clinical embryology uh, earlier uh, it used to be in uh, you know uh, countries like uk uh, australia where you know they used to have msc in clinical embryology uh and uh, students from india would travel uh, there and uh, learn and come back to india and practice uh but uh, since you know uh, 10 to 12 years uh, even in india uh, this clinical embryology courses have come up uh they are uh, i would say as good as the courses which are offered uh, in uh, other countries uh they have a well structured course material so they teach theory as well as practical now practicals uh, i have mentioned in my earlier you know points also that there is restriction to uh, uh, teaching uh, practicals because of the lack of material mm. so in colleges uh, uh, practicals is done on uh, mammalian material okay. so uh, this can be mouse uh, you know uh, mouse egg Uh, or sheep or goat egg so uh, not human uh, material uh, so the practical skills that is taught in the colleges will be limited and that's why uh, like nasit like nova academy where uh, we concentrate on imparting uh, the practical skill set i would say we have come a long way since 1978 i'm sure and for students who want to pursue embryology in the current date could you suggest or shed some light on institutes that offer these courses in india or abroad yes uh, there are you know many institutes uh, which offer uh, clinical embryology uh, in karnataka we have you know the manipal group uh, which offers uh, clinical embryology apart from that we have uh, uh, a couple of institutes like jss uh in mysore uh, uh going to north there are few institutes uh, which uh, you know impart embryology training uh pune nagpur chennai all these places have a structured you know msc clinical embryology course so we do have a plethora of places yes to pursue embryology in india as well in a field that is constantly evolving Oh, that is embryology how do you keep abreast with the latest developments in this field uh in india uh, over the past uh, you know few uh, years uh, few decades uh, 
uh, we have uh, societies uh, which are dedicated to art so we have a uh, national level uh, uh, society which is known as uh, uh, indian society for assisted reproduction isar apart from that we have indian fertility society uh, we have something called as ace which is academy of clinical embryologist of india uh, with all this you know uh, societies uh, they conduct cmes that is continued medical education okay uh they have uh, workshops they have uh, they conduct conferences and this is a way in which the clinical embryologist stay abreast of all the new developments which happen in the field of embryology all right so uh, apart from the indian societies uh, the important uh, you know uh, societies which are outside of india uh, are ashray uh, which is the european society as well as the ASRM that is the American Society for Reproductive Medicine. What does ASHRAE stand for? ASHRAE stands for European Society of Human Reproduction and Embryology. Okay. I think uh, science and with all its advancements one can only learn and keep upskilling themselves. So I believe all these societies would definitely help with their certifications yes. to keep one abreast in all the latest developments yes so asrm ashray uh, they do you know certify embryologists so an embryologist uh, who uh, stays outside of europe or america mm. can take up this exam online uh, if they clear this exam uh, they get certification from uh, this societies so this helps uh, you know for their uh, career growth particularly you know if they are looking at working outside of india then this certification will help them in getting a you know job in those countries all right and my last question uh, anuja is for students who want to pursue embryology as a career what advice would you impart as the head of uh, nova academy of clinical embryology and training what would be that advice for anybody who is wanting to pursue their career in embryology uh, so because it's such a niche field uh, i would like to compare it with you know uh, a super specialty medical field so just like the way the surgeons are dedicated the clinical embryologists should be dedicated to their work just like you know the surgeons uh, know that you know there can be emergencies in their field uh, the embryologist should very well know that there can be you know time or there can be days which is out of their working hours where you know they have to come and monitor the embryos mm -hmm. or they have to do a certain step uh, in the procedure okay it can you know it can fall on a holiday it can fall on your birthday but you cannot uh, shy away from it so dedication ethics okay you are dealing with human egg and human sperms which is very precious to the couple empathy okay you have to feel what the couple is you know going through going through right okay you have to do justice to the material determination okay uh, you should know that you know only if you follow a certain technique you will have the end result so you should be determined enough to 
you know hone your skills and to uh, uh, to you know learn that skill which is required to give happiness to the couple and i'm sure that feeling is just out of this world to be able to make a couple's dream come true yes yes thank you so Anuja. who would not want to be a part of you know happiness that's true that's true thank you anuja for sharing your wealth of information and experience with us i'm sure everyone benefited from it thank you to our listeners whether you're just starting out your fertility journey or are curious about the science behind it remember knowledge is power and understanding the role of embryology is a key part of this fascinating journey stay tuned for more enlightening conversations here on fertility tales powered by nova ivf don't forget to like share and subscribe this is your host simrat signing off